Thank you for listening to Front Porch Theology. I am your host, Jeremy Berry. And uh, with me uh, today, I have an interesting um, couple guests. Now, uh, I'm going to be talking, uh, this past Sunday we talked about 1 Peter chapter 3, and we really looked at husbands and wives, and I kind of want to continue that conversation, but I want to go a little bit deeper, and that is into our homes and with our children. Um, and so with me, um, since I'm talking about children, I decided to bring my own children, and I have Claire and Maddox. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay. All right. Good. You're good. Okay. So, <laughs> this is the first time you've been on the podcast. I asked you prior, if you could have any podcast, what would it be? You said it would be what? Full House. You would do a, a show on Full House? Yeah, like I would, like, talk about all the episodes. Okay. Okay. Like a breakdown? Yeah. And then I would do Pokemon. You would do Pokemon. Yes. All right. I didn't, I mean, I knew you liked Pokemon, but not enough to do a podcast. But, either way. So, we're going to be talking um, a little bit about raising children, and I think in a godly home. Now, that's not to say that I have all the answers. Uh, my kids are actually probably going to testify to where I struggle. Um, and I think it's something very good about being vulnerable and open where you struggle with your children uh, and with other people and with the church um, for a, a variety of reasons, which I'm going to get to. But, um, Claire, I'll start with you. Um, why is it important for you as a child? Okay. Um, and I want you to be honest. Why is it important for you that we as a family worship together, talk about the Bible, do read the Bible together? Why, why is it important that we do those things? Because we maybe couldn't understand, and if we all do it together, you could help us. Okay. like So, now is it something, again, I want you to be honest with me, is it something that you, like, look forward to? Do you want to do it? Yeah, like, I look forward to going to church and reading the Bible with you. Why, why do you like doing it? Because I get to learn more fun stories, and I get to learn more about God. Okay. Um... Max, what, what about, I'm curious, uh, why do you think it's important for us to, as a family, worship together and read scripture together? Because we love God. Okay, so we do love the Lord, right? Okay, but here, uh, uh, why Why do you want to know more about God? I'm, I'm asking you. Why do you want to know more about him? I'm curious. Well, it's because he's a savior. He created everything. He created us. Okay. So you want to know more about this person that created us? Okay, that makes sense. What about you, Claire? Um, well, you get to learn more about him. And if so, if you love God, you could get to know more if you don't know all of it. Like if there's parts you don't we, we could always be learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I mean, all, obviously off Scripture... All the Old Testament. What's the Old Testament do? Do you all remember? What's the Old Testament? It's it's foreshadowing something. What's that mean? Um, that it foreshadowing means that it's like kind of like hinting what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's and, and who the Old Testament's hinting at who? Who who's it hinting all at? The Old Testament. Can I? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Jesus. Yeah, it's all hinting and foreshadowing Jesus, isn't it? And so it's important for us to study the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and to grow as a family. Now, am I the perfect Christian dad? No. <laughs> Not at all, right? Now, we, we all struggle, right? The perfect Christian dad is God. That's it. That's it. There's no other perfect Christian father. Um, so I, I, I struggle. I'm not always consistent as I should be. Um, you know, there's times where... 
you know, I'll I'll be disciplining or teaching my children, and I feel like the Lord's like, hey, I, I can say to my son, hey, why can't you listen? And the Lord's like, yeah, Jeremy, good question. Why can't you listen? And it's forced <laughs> to show me grace, right? And and how and I and I try to show grace um, as often as I can, but discipline and love. Um, just to be just to be honest, where where do I I know what y'all are gonna say? Where do I struggle the most? You think? Where, where where's my struggle? Timber. My temper. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, my temper. Right. I I have to really take a deep breath, and I get I do the, the gritting of teeth sometimes. That's Even really... that breath felt angry. <laughs> like, I heard <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can I can have a temper, and it's something that I have to I've, I have to apologize to you guys, don't I? Good. Um. So. When you have your temper, I always see you, like, calming down. Because when you have a temper, you're always, like, like trying to calm down. Cause... Yeah. Well, be, be, because it's it's not okay to, to sin against you all. Because you're mine only for a season. Right? You're mine for a small fraction. Think about it, this life. You're only you're mine for a season. Now, in, in heaven, right, you really, who created you? You said it, God, right? Um, I've just been given. I got a question. What do you mean, like, a small fraction? Like a season, meaning you, you're. I'm only. Uh, I'm only your. I want to say have dominion over, but what I mean is I only am in charge of you on this side of heaven. Well, right, when you go to heaven, I'm not in charge of you anymore. God is. Right. I mean, God's in charge of you now, but he's. God is. Right. I forgot to speak into the microphone. Yeah. So, but like, I'm in. God is in charge of you now, but he's given. He's put me in charge of you. But I won't. That that role won't be needed in heaven. So I, it's a very small season when you think of all eternity. Does that make sense? It's a very small season and all of eternity that goes on and on and on. And so uh, it's important for us. It's something we try to do um, all the time. Whether it's not we sit down and read the Bible, is whether we talk about the Bible. If we're talking about Frederick Douglass, or you know, we bring up the Bible, right? We try to bring up the Bible because it is the most important subject that we that we do and have. Now I'm curious. Apart from me, and if it's if it's nothing. That's okay. I mean, you guys are really young. Um, oops. Uh, if, if it's – what do you all personally study or think or pray by yourself? Yes. Okay, go ahead, Claire. Go. You start, and we'll come back to you, Maddox. Sometimes, and like when I wake up in the morning, I'll pray, and, you know, Kitty got me that devotional. Yeah. So I've done that devotional a few times. Yeah. And I pray in the morning sometimes, but other than that, not really. Not by yourself. Well, I'll do those by myself but right, but so 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 that's okay. So, but that's a good start for for a nine year old, right? To start doing that, uh, and of course we do it as a family through the day. We we read. Sometimes we have we have a coloring book Bible. We have a bunch of different Bibles that we do. Yeah, go ahead. You, you, you um, can say what what you do. Sometimes I pray when you get angry. At me. <laughs> God, please help help my dad not to be angry at me. Come to the mic. And yeah, that's 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 a good thing to do. Because okay. And I, when I'm angry, like all year today, he, um, when I was building a Lego set, I got really angry, but I well, got through that part. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is why it's important. I'm happy that you said that. It's important that you pray for me when you when you see me struggling with, with a temper, right? You should. Um, just as I pray for you, if I see you... You know, having emotions that are being acted out in a in a, in a negative way. Um, anyways, so w- with that being said, I, I, we aren't. I just wanted y'all to come on. I want you to be honest. I knew I, I kind of had a feeling. I knew. I mean, I've had to tell you all many a times. Um, 
you know, I had to repent to you all um, and be vote. Why do you think? I'll ask you this last question. Why do you think it's good that uh, I am? Oh, do you, or do you all think it's good that I'm very open to you that I'm not perfect and where I struggle? Why? Why do you think that's a good thing to let people know? Hey, I'm not perfect and I struggle in these areas, and that's okay. Why is that? Maybe because then if. You tell your kids that, then maybe they think, okay, maybe not everyone will listen, or maybe I, maybe people don't do stuff wrong sometimes. Yeah, that's a great point, right? Like, so, so just it, it allows you to know that everybody sends, even my dad, but it also can teach you something. What, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, maybe someone would become unbelievable because they're like. If my dad's perfect, I'm probably perfect, and then get it, and then maybe not believe that God's the real God. Maybe then they would think they are God. Okay, yeah, well, that's a good answer. Um, it also, in my in my prayer, is that it teaches you all that there's no fear in letting people know, hey, I'm a sinner, and letting people know I struggle, so you can hold me accountable, so you can pray for me when I'm getting upset. Um, you know, it, it is good to let people know, hey, dad, I've seen daddy repent. I've seen my dad say, I'm sorry. I've had to apologize to you guys many occasions for, hey, I should, my anger was sin, was, uh, was sinning. I was sinning against you in my anger. I got a question. Sure. Who do you think gets more frustrated and angry when we do something bad, mom or you? It depends on what it is. Like? If it, if it's, if it has to do... And we're going to close it down here, and, and I'm going to have you all exit. But if, if it, it depends on what it is. Um, if I'm in the middle of working, I have a tendency to get more angry. If it has to do with – or bedtime. Has yeah. to, that's that's yeah. me. If you guys don't listen to bedtime, that's when I my blood pressure goes up. All right, guys. Yeah. I love you all. Um, if you would, carefully exit that way. And thank you all for being open and honest. And, and I want to go ahead and continue. Go ahead and continue to do your school, guys. Bye, buddy. Um, I want to continue to talk about children and marriage, and and the reason I brought them on, it wasn't to highlight that, that I think my kids are adorable. Um, I have a really open dialogue with my kids. Uh, I have a very open dialogue. I told them the only thing I told them was, "Hey, I'm gonna ask you these questions, and I want you to be serious and honest." Right? That's what that's what I told them. It's Baker as my witness. Um, Indeed, he th- did. That's all that's I true. said. I want you to be serious and honest. I didn't want any poop jokes or toot jokes or anything like that, which Maddox is definitely. I'm surprised he didn't go there. But but I, I wanted – the reason being is because I think discipleship is something that requires vulnerability and requires honesty. And so what I see honestly as, – as a, as a pastor, um, as a dad, what I see is a lot of dads not discipling their children. And I have dads talk to me about, I don't know how to disciple my children. And one of the first – Parts of it is being open and vulnerable, being open about not knowing something or about a struggle or about feelings or emotions or whatever it is. Um, It's also taking the initiative to say, okay, I don't feel like opening the Bible with my kids. Right now, I'm tired. My my son, if I uh, oftentimes he'll say to me, "Dad, there's always time for the Bible." Um, when I'm at night, as you heard, I get, tend to get frustrated at night because about nine o'clock hits and I'm done. I just want to go to bed, or I don't, or not maybe not bed, but I don't want to do anything. I don't want any more responsibilities. I don't want anyone calling me or tapping me on the shoulder. Like I'm done with, I'm done. I just want to. 
be alone and be quiet. And so by the end of the day, right, I, I'm like, man, I don't, feel, I don't feel like sitting down reading. Oh, I just want to go to bed. And Maddox will remind me, Dad, there's always time for the Bible. And I love it because that's an investment. A discipleship in your children, it can be an investment back to yourself. And that's not why we disciple, but it's the truth. My sons learned that um, because we as a family, my wife and I, have stressed that. And there's times where I need to be reminded, Jeremy, there's always time to read your Bible. There's always time to be with your kids and talk to them about the Lord and, and recite scripture with them and all those things, um, which we do. And it, it, it's, it's easier because we, you know, we, we homeschool. But, uh, so there is an advantage there. I'm with my kids a lot more often. So some of you who aren't with your kids as often, you have to make that time count. Um, and I, I just want to stress it deeply because I think one of the greatest mission fields is our own children. And dads, you, and, and moms too, but, but I, I stress on dads because dads are to be leaders in this. Dads, you are responsible not only for your children, but guess what? You have a direct impact on how they raise their kids. I cannot tell you how many times, how many times um, I'll talk to dads. And listen, dads, if you're listening, you know this to be true. Uh, I'll ask, what did your dad do with you? Oh, nothing. Oh, you never saw your you know, dad pray with your mother. You never saw your dad read the Bible. You never saw your dad do devotionals with you. So it seems like this foreign concept, and it's like, oh, gosh, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. And because of that, you never do it. And you are neglecting the most significant part of your children's lives. And I say all this because I don't think, I, I can't imagine a greater ministry than our children. I mean, I look at it and think, okay, if someone's going to harm my kid, like I said yesterday, I'd want to go Liam Neeson. I've told them I'd burn the world over twice to protect them. Um, so I better be willing. If I'm going to do anything, like do I want my kids to be good at basketball? I mean, I don't really care. But I would sure, if they like basketball, I want them to be good at basketball. It's something I care about. Do I want my kids to be good writers? Uh, or have a great imagination? Or uh, do I want them to be able to speak well? Yes. All of the above, yes. Claire does cheerleading. I want to be great at that. But more, what should matter more than baseball, basketball, and any other thing that gets in the way so often of raising children is I want my children to love the Lord and know his word. And you can have both, by the way. It's not like you can't not be playing. I'm not saying don't play sports. All right? My kids play sports. But I'm saying you have to take the initiative and the effort the same initiative and effort you take to make sure your kids are having a good time to making sure that they love the Lord and they are uh, seeing, okay, and seeing <laughs> uh, my son sent mail under the door. See, this is the danger. You let them come in for a minute and then they're like, oh, okay, this is a fun game. We'll just keep doing it. But you, you want, they need to see dad taking the initiative, not only with mom, but with them so that they can mimic that and practice that uh, when they're uh, older. So what are some things that, I, that, that children should see parents uh, do, right? My prayer is that, that uh, p- children, right, not only see dads talking to them about Scripture or leading them in Scripture, but guess what? They also need to see mom and dad be able to have some sort of dispute in a calm way. Um, one of the things I think a disservice to kids 
that we often do is we say, well, I don't want to argue around the kids. Well, for, I hope your, your arguments aren't yelling, but hopefully you can have disputes around your children without it blowing up. Now, if, if it's getting maybe heavy, maybe you do need to not let your kids see that. Hopefully they never hear you demeaning or name-calling. I do too much counseling where kids hear the na- parents being name-called and being demeaned by another parent. That's, that's toxic, and it's, and it's traumatic. You, that needs to stop. But um, they need to be able to see you dispute in a healthy way, and guess what? Have conflict resolution, because they need to learn how to do that. That's not a topic at school, right? Th- th- think of how often and how important conflict resolution is. Uh, they don't teach that, right? They te- they learn English twelve times in what twelve years they'll English. Uh, they take math for twelve years. They take social studies for twelve years. They don't learn conflict resolution. Guess who teaches them that or doesn't teach them that? Mom and dad. And so they have to learn that. So they should see you dispute at times. They should see you, you know, have a difference of opinion and resolve it in a loving and kind way that is respectful, that is honoring, that is considerate, all the ways that 1 Peter 3 talks about. Also, they should see mom and dad affectionate with one another. They should know, dad, how to treat a woman, how to treat a wife, and not just in disputes, but when mom's not doing anything, do they see dad pursuing mom romantically? Now, obviously, there's a line where this becomes inappropriate, and you know where that line is. But I hope that they know that dad thinks mom is beautiful. They should know that dad thinks mom is gorgeous. That dad wants to kiss mom, that dad wants to hug mom, that dad wants to serve mom and love her in a way that she deserves to be loved. They should see that because guess what? Thank goodness there's not a class on that at their school that you send them to eight hours a day. You teach them that. You teach them how to be loving husbands and wives. So sometimes when we think about raising children, Right, we think, okay, I gotta feed them well, clothe them well, teach them manners, um, and maybe I'll read a Bible story to them. But you, but again, obviously, we know that there are characteristics, godly characteristics, that we're called to, that so often we adopt from our uh, parents, for for good or for worse. If your parents always argue all the time, my bet is that you all, uh, that you you probably struggle. In that area. Or you at least shut down when people start arguing because it's traumatic and it brings back thoughts of when you were a child um, and you were, you know, watching mom and dad scream at one another, right? You don't want to replay that. You don't want to relive that. So you just kind of shut down. Um, right? That's that's not good. You want to break that cycle and make sure you do these things in a godly uh, way. So, um, so they should see you dispute they should see you be affectionate and loving to one another the husbands they should see you pursuing your wife these are areas that are often neglected when it comes to um, raising children uh, and so it's something that I'm, I'm deeply passionate about and man yesterday Baker I know I went way over how, how long did I go 
You went for 47 minutes. 47 minutes. Now, our goal was what, 30, 35? 30 to 35 <laughs> is what we said. And I went 47. Not the first time. No, nah, it's not. And I went a long time, and I took a lot out of my sermon, guys. I wanted to talk a lot. I am deeply passionate about parenthood because, again, there's not a greater ministry. Scripture says I, that it calls you to dedicate your children to the Word, by the way. Um, that's what you're called to do. But again, I, it, it, what pains me is that we become very loyal to so many things and we think that, and, and it, being, a, being a good employee is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. But if you're more passionate about your work than you are your kid's spiritual upbringing, that's a problem. That's a problem, right? Your work should enable you to do things and take care of your family, but not become a way of, uh, uh, escapism from your family. Um, you know, when when you look at, you know, same thing goes for. I mean, I, listen, I've met men who are more passionate about not wearing masks or wearing masks, vaccinated, not vaccinated, elections, uh, political conversations, than they are about whether or not their children are storing up the word in their heart and whether they're discipling their kids and their kids are learning the truth of the gospel. Those things are so important, and that's. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like understating it. The saying that it's important. It's, it's. I mean, I said yesterday that if you're not a, I want to explain this further. I said if you're not a good parent, then you're not a good husband. If you're not a good parent, then you're not a good wife. And what I mean by that, okay, husband, take this. There is nothing, um, that is more precious to my wife than our children, and vice versa. I mean, my wife and I have talked. We, we, my, my wife and I have talked about this. So if, if uh, you know, the, my my love for my wife is very different than my love for my children. I remember thinking when we had kids, am I going to love someone more than I love Julie? Is she going to love someone more than she loves me? Well, we found it's it's a it's a very different love. It's an unconditional love. My love for my wife is conditional, um, based on our covenant and and vice versa. Um, my love for my child, it's not a covenant. It's my kid. So it's a different love completely. Uh, and so, with that being said, it, it's it's so it's so different and it's so unique and it's so special. And the children are an extension of you. I mean, physically. I mean, like a woman's body creates the skeletal system in a human. Like, think about that. Like my kids' bones were drawn from their mother's bones. Like that. That's just amazing to me. So, with that being said. These are extensions of her. These, she she grew these humans in her womb. If it is a great dishonor to her if I do not honor them or their spiritual well being, right? I mean, have you ever been with someone or wanted to be friends with someone who who hated your kids but they they really wanted to hang out with you? You're like, no, I don't want to do that, right? When someone's mean or hateful to your children, you don't want to be around them anymore. Why? Because they're your kids. They're extensions of you. It's By the way, it's a biblical concept. Those who war against God's children, guess what? They go to hell. That's what God does with them. He punishes them with hell. Uh, he, he promises to punish those who war against him and his people. So that's not, like, that's not a crazy concept. If I want to be a good husband... I also have to be a good father. It's also why, by the way, as a Christian, you're called to, if you want to love the Lord, what do you have to do? To love his children. (laughs) 
right? By by loving the church, you are loving the Lord, right? Even though we're we're assuming that uh, motives are are right and correct, but either way, it is it's an important thing that I think we neglect. Dads, I would ask. Listen, if you're not reading scripture with your kids, if you're not teaching your kids um, God's law, His statutes, uh, the truth of the gospel, if they're not seeing you. And as a godly influence, listen, you are failing and you need to repent of that. It is it is the first duty to lead your home before anything else. And if your job gets in the way of that, when Jesus says, pluck out your, your eye and cut off your hand, if it causes you to sin, well, guess what? You might have to quit your job. And if you're like, oh, I can't quit my job. It's like, well, what, what is your kid's eternity worth to you? What is your kid's spiritual well-being worth to you? Listen, and I get it. I had a job that was really demanding. In fact, okay, so this is an embarrassing story to me. Um, I had, uh, Julie was pregnant with Claire, and I had, man, I was in love with money. I wanted, do you know that song? I want money, lots and lots of money. I want to pout to the sky. No. You don't know? (laughs) The last line was, I want to be rich. Like, that was me. Like, I wanted that. I'm sorry, Jeremy, you pointed at me, and I just looked over and said, no. Well, listen, there are people listening that know that song. They were singing along with me, but it was, it, I don't know who sang it, but like that was me. Like I wanted more than anything. I wanted to be um, wealthy, and I wanted to be, I wanted to have like a secretary in my own office that like overlooked. With your Thomas Jefferson desk? With my Thomas Jefferson desk in the corners. People came in like, yes, it's a replica of Thomas Jefferson's desk. I would want to tell them all of these things. Uh, a globe collection. I still love globes. That's not die down. Um, but I, that's what I wanted. Now, I got this job promotion. Uh, again, this is 10 years, a little, you know, almost 10 years ago. And uh, it was I was contracted through Verizon, and they they asked me to go overseas. They said, "Hey, we, you, I was teaching communications, uh, body language, and a couple different systems. So one called ICAD and IVAP, things you don't care about." And uh, I was I was asked to go and to India, and it was a lot of money, guys. It was a lot of money, and they were like, "Yeah, you go to India." Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll go to India. That's great. That's great. How long do I have to go over there? They said, uh, 80% of the year. And you, you can't take your wife with you. Uh, of course, she was, uh, it was not, it was not, I uh, wasn't, I was going to be traveling around. It wasn't really good for me to take my wife, even if I took the job. So I go to Julie. I'm like, oh my gosh, baby, baby. Listen, this is the deal of a lifetime. I am getting paid. I show her how much I was getting paid. She's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm like, right? Right? She's like, okay, well, when do you start? I'm like, well, I first have to get trained on uh, Indian culture. <laughs> uh, right? And I told her that I had to go to India for 80% of the year. And she looked at me and she was like, well, you told him no, right? I'm like, no, I didn't tell him no. And she's pregnant, man. Like, she's about to bust pregnant. She's like, Jeremy, you're going to have a daughter. You have a wife. I'm like, right, but with this money, do you know what we could do? And I I said, well, but the second year, it's only 60%. And then it goes to 40%, and it stays there. But I'll be here most of the time. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy 
that had a wife who was wise. I I was not raised in a Christian home. She was. She was. And so do you know who gets the credit for that wisdom? Her father, who was present in her life, who showed her the value showed her the value of a Christian dad, a present dad who loved the Lord and loved them. I didn't know what that meant. So when she said, hey, you can't take this job, I was mad. Oh, I was mad. In my heart, I was like, this woman doesn't get it. We, I could make a lot of money. I could get a promotion. This could be great. Well, I didn't take the job. And I've never been happier than take the job. Because the money, I mean, I, I make a fraction now of what I was going to make then. I'm a happy man, but not because of the money. I am blessed deeply with my kids and knowing that they have a that they have a father and a mother who's with them, who's teaching them, who's loving them, who's being vulnerable, who I know my kids are discipled. Not perfectly, but let me tell you, they see effort. They see repentance. They see failure. They see grace. They're able to show me grace when I fail and when I admit to them that I failed. And so I know and I see that the Lord is growing my kids and I found value in all the wrong things. I really wanted the secretary. But at what cost? Now, in hindsight, we know I would never get a secretary if it meant my kids not knowing the Lord, right? That's a duh. But in those moments, in those hard moments, and you don't, when we're not thinking of the long game, we're thinking of the now, that's when we fail over and over again. So, dads, I want to stress to you, I, I could have gone, and I could continue to go now, but I could have gone another 30 minutes yesterday, but no one would be listening. But I really want to stress to you, dads, your job is not just to your wives, you, it's also to your children. In fact, you have a responsibility and a duty to your wife, out of love for your wife, out of a love for your Lord, to disciple those little babies who God has given you. It ought to be your, your one of your primary missions. When dads come and talk to me about going, doing outreach, I'm like, we started with your kids. <laughs> Start there. Disciple those babies for the glory of God and their good. I have one little thing to add before you Ooh. shut it down, Jeremy. Good. I'm happy you did. I was going to ask you, ask you a question. Go ahead. Oh, you're going to ask me a question? Yeah, I did. Oh, never mind, though. No, go ahead. I want you to go ahead. Go ahead. So, I want to encourage you for a minute. Ooh. Ooh. Um, because we do have a lot of younger families in our church, a lot of younger people my age, too, yeah. that may have not grown up with that, that example. Right. So, you're talking about this Christian dad that is setting an example for the kids. If the kids didn't see that, I want to say the way that you parent hmm. is that encouragement to the people that may have not seen that. Yeah, and I've, I've had this conversation with people like in our small group that are not having kids yet, but maybe yeah. just dating relationships even of what an example that you have set, even just for people in our church. Man, well, so, that's, that's a blessing. I want to thank you for that as well. No, thank you, man. That, that's encouragement. I, I like, honestly, I could name families, uh, Jim and Sandra Peterson, for example, where is a, is a couple um, who, 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 interestingly enough, teach my kids in Awanas. Uh, 
And so, like, I, I tell my kids all the time, that man had a huge role in discipling me and your mother. Uh, and his wife had a huge role in discipling us. And it's funny, though, because you're right. And, and uh, Andy and Megan Dehart is another family. Mm-hmm. I, I Like, there are so – it's so funny um, how that works. Um, and the Lord deserves – you know, he, he gives all the growth. And so, you know, we – Anyways, thank you. But but like I, I think of your parents. Like I've I've asked your parents one time, um, what'd y'all do right? What'd y'all do right? Because like as as with young kids, right? They they have they have you and you you love them, you respect them, you you love the Lord, and you work hard. And it's like what'd you do right? And it's funny, your parents. I'm, I don't. Do you know what they said? Uh, no. You don't know. Okay. Really, I don't know what. So, so he goes. He goes. Your your mom and dad. They both took a, like a deep big deep breath. They were like, oh. Man, we just prayed really hard. That's what they said. We just prayed really hard, and God just blessed us. And I took that to heart. And though it's natural, uh, I'm telling you, I was like, man, I'm going to be praying, praying for my kids as much and often as I can. Um, so, uh, guys, I hope, I hope men out there, um, w- listen, if you're, if you're a wife and you're like, man, my husband, I, I, I love him. I want to support him, but you know, he's struggling. Maybe have him listen. Maybe have him come talk to myself or to will. Um, again, not that we're perfect. I will tell you, I am, a, I am not perfect, but, um, it's something I deeply value and it's something that I strive to do because I love my kids. And I, I just can't imagine, you know, you, if you really love your children, if you really love them, why on earth would we not constantly invest in them the truth of the gospel well thank you for listening peace be with you